0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe podcast. Today we are talking about The Clone Wars, Season 2, Episodes 1-4. through We're talking about a rebellious senator and the Banking Federation. We're talking about actual warfare with actual consequences. We're talking about actual chemistry between Anakin and Padme. All this and more after a commercial break we have no control over. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Matthew, your host. And as always, we're joined for a Clone Wars discussion by Riki and Sarah. How are you folks doing tonight?
1: We're all right. Excited to be in season two.
0: Yeah, I am. Just
2: fine. Dandy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Is that your Cad
1: Bane impression? <laughs> Listen,
2: sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad.
0: You know, you know, kind of like Cad Bane episodes, so I'm with you there. Um, I had I remembered that the show gets a lot better as it goes on. I forgot that season one into season two... I mean, the end of season one was pretty good, but I forgot that season two hits the ground running so fast because these are really good... There, There's a couple of bad moments, but for the most part, these are some really good episodes. And I'm... It got me really jazzed up to be doing this again.
1: Yeah, yeah. It gets abruptly better. um, Real fast. I am, yeah, season season one was, like, fine. I'm not mad at season one. I'm not mad at all of season one, but... Season two is just great, uh, yeah, and I'm really excited that we're here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is season two, and it's called "The Rise of the Bounty Hunters." Uh, starting from now, each season kind of has a theme of sorts, although it doesn't stay entirely on that. Um, and we we jump in with a three episode arc um, uh, about a bounty hunter, but but in this episodes, he's kind of turned more mercenary. Um, and I think instead of going episode by episode, let's just talk about all three of them and like talk about the whole arc because there's a number of different things to get into. Um, so we have episode one, the Holocron heist, Obi-Wan and Anakin try to stop the bounty hunter Cad Bane from stealing a Holocron from the Jedi temple. Meanwhile, Ahsoka discovers another shape-shifting bounty hunter described, describe, eh, disguised as a Jedi. Then episode two, Cargo of Doom, Cad Bane moves to sell the stolen Holocron to the separatists, while Anakin and Ahsoka try to retrieve it and return it to the Holocron Vault inside the Jedi, Jedi Temple. And then that brings us to episode three, where Cad Bane has escaped, and we have learned that what is on the um, Holocron crystal is the names of uh, all of the um, basically the, the future younglings, the children who are Force sensitive who will one day grow up to possibly be Jedi. Um, the, uh, the Jedi keep that entire list because that's not creepy in the slightest. <laughs> and uh, in, in episode three, Cad Bane uses the holocron to try and um, kidnap force-sensitive younglings. Anakin and Ahsoka try to find them and take them home while Mace Window and Obi-Wan track down the holocron. Um, and essential to all of this, a couple important details. One is that um, Cad Bane gets away in large part because Anakin decides that um, saving Ahsoka is more important than... Um, he basically gives the... Cad Bane what he wants in order to um, get Ahsoka back, though he doesn't get Ahsoka back, and that's uh, something we'll definitely discuss. Um, and it's also revealed at some point in this arc that Cad Bane, the person who he's been working for all along and who he clearly has worked for in the past, is, dun, 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 Darth Sidious.
1: So, worked for him in the past, I think, is an it's, interesting statement. It's confusing. It's very confusing, because these episodes... Aren't in any sort of linear order, um, so in the last the last episode before season one ended, which I guess you would call the season finale, right? Um, we saw Cad Bane breaking Zero the Hut uh, out of Jedi prison and threatening it's to just normal prison, just normal prison, and uh, threatening to blow up some senators along the way. Uh, that episode takes place. After this
0: episode, so where where are you getting all this information? By the way, uh, my husband. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> uh, to your husband, then. Where are you getting all this information? Well, that,
2: that's what that's what the history of Cad Bane seems to imply.
1: Oh, you 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 presented as much more fact based. Hmm. Well,
2: it's not like there's there's star dates at, mm. this, at the beginning of these episodes.
0: Right. Well, I get the reason. The reason I said he's worked with them before is he—they're uh, discussing a price, and Cad Bane says triple my usual fee. Yeah, and so that to me tells me that this is not the first time that they've they've hired each other.
1: Good point. Good point. Um, I know there was something con- like we were confused about whether or not um, Palpatine recognized Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Cad Bain, uh, At the end of season one. Um, right. Especially because, so when he's appearing to appear at the beginning of Holocron Heist, it's as
0: Palpatine, not as... Or, no, it's as Sidious it says Sidious. It's as Sidious, right, not Palpatine, yeah. These names...
1: These names with the death of me. Um, yeah, so I think there's still that ambiguity. Like, does Cad Bane know that this is Sheev? Or, uh... Does he just think that this is some, some Sith and doesn't know his alternate identity? Right. I think he just has... Prices. He just has prices? (laughs) Stealing a thing.
2: 100,000 credits. Assassinating a person. 500,000 credits.
0: You you just kind (laughs) of have a a general menu?
2: Yeah. But because this is stealing a thing from Jedi, he's like, uh, that's going to be triple.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I do know that we see the sequel to the Season 1 finale later down the line, um, dealing... Like, do we get a sandwich episode again do we get a before and then after with zero
2: there's there's both
1: yeah anyway the the chronology of these episodes is not not existent um
2: yeah. yeah well no there's supposedly a in in order list
1: somewhere Ooh, interesting
0: okay yeah, I mean certainly I have no reason to believe that this doesn't happen after the freeing after what happened at the end of season one. Yeah, um, that would
1: make sense. Especially so when we were watching it, and it was like, oh yeah, Palpatine saw what Cad Bane could do when he had kidnapped him and uh wants to hire him to go get this hologram.
0: So all of this starts with, um, there's a battle I think on I forget uh it's a it, I, I want to say Fallujah, and clearly that's not right. That's a city in Iraq, but it's it's a planet that sounds <laughs> it's like that.
2: Like Fallujah? Felush-
1: it's, it's, it sounds very similar.
0: Yeah. And certainly a lot of the things in this show were very intentionally references to what was happening in Iraq. So that maybe it's not unintentional, but I think that name predates this. But either way, during that battle, Ahsoka basically pulls an Anakin where she thinks she's winning on her small little part of the battlefield. And other people are saying, no, but in the larger picture of the battle, you're in trouble and you're going to hurt everything, and so you need to stop. And she basically refuses an order directly, mm-hmm. and they have to intervene and stop her. And in one of the pretty blatant acts of utter hypocrisy that Anakin will do many times on this particular subject, he basically gets mad at her for not um, for not listening to orders, and, and She kind of does the equivalent of, you know, well, but I learned it by watching you. (laughs) Um, What what, was your take on uh, how that whole thing with Ahsoka plays out?
1: Well, yeah, exactly like you said. It's um, a very Anakin thing for her to do, to just basically be like, no, 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 I got this. Everybody shut up. Um, and, And then when she's being punished, so basically they come to get her, and it's like, you get in the car right now, young lady. Um and haul her into the transport and then immediately afterward everything blows up so she can instantly see like oh yeah I was wrong Um, and then she goes and her punishment is like you have to go work in the library but like Anakin doesn't get any sort of punishment which yeah. ticked me off a little bit because clearly she learned it from watching him like this has Anakin written all over it and he's like his excuse is basically like, yeah, well,
0: when I do it, I'm right. So, Right. And, and this isn't even just like a small like Obi-Wan wraps on the knuckles kind of punishment. I mean, she's called before the full Jedi Council, mm-hmm. um, which I think is interesting, especially because also um, uh, it, 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 it sort of foreshadows a question that's going to come up again later of who's in charge of the war effort and that it, that it is the Jedi who decide like what happens when a battle goes badly. Well, yeah,
2: um, so my take on this is don't put children in charge <laughs> of your battles, <clears throat> Ender's Game.
0: Yeah. So- yeah, I'm I'm big on that one. I think that could apply to both uh, Anakin and Ahsoka. Um, but, but I do like for what it shows, uh, like, to me, this is Ahsoka growing up somewhat from the, you know, she doesn't use the word sky guy in this episode. And I think it would feel pretty wrong. I think she's pretty much left that behind. This does feel to me like her starting to assert herself more in a way that we some, didn't see in season one, and I'm, I'm definitely here for that.
1: Yeah, definitely. She, I mean, asserting herself more, yeah, here for. But, like, in a, in a very stubborn, sort of wrong headed way. Like, it, it's clearly, I, I don't understand why she doesn't get taken away from Anakin, like, assigned to some different uh, Jedi Master. Because right. like Anakin is clearly not doing a good job with this Padawan. Yeah, like, and she's got so much potential. we just be like, okay, Obi Wan's your your Jedi Master now. Continue.
0: Well, on the flip side, how good of a job did it seem like Obi Wan did with Anakin?
1: Yeah, that's fair, but Anakin was already like pretty old. It wasn't there, he like he was the
2: ten, ten years old. Yeah, too old.
1: Too old. Too old, too old to Jedi. Um, I found a chronological list of okay. uh, the Clone Wars episodes, um, and. Uh, It it looks like, so, Holocron, Heist, Cargo of Doom, and Children of the Force uh, happen sort of, like, uh, after season, episode 21 of season one, uh, and then kind of in the middle of season three-ish is where uh, Hostage Crisis takes place. It's the 51st... Fir- hostage Crisis is the 51st episode in chronological so,
2: order. That's the Senate one. The Senate so one. where
0: is this yeah. official? Is Did like did Lucas publish some official list and say, like, oh, by the way, nothing was in chronological order originally? Uh,
1: okay. I'm going to read. This is from StarWars.com. Um, and it's... It it's not of official at all. Uh, <laughs> it first of all plugs Disney Plus <clears throat> and how you should buy Disney Plus. Um... When it first debuted in 2008, Star Wars The Clone Wars added new elements to the Star Wars galaxy like nothing else had come before it, Set between Star Wars Attack of the Clones, which isn't entirely true, and Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. The beloved animated series added new depths to classic characters like Obi-Wan, Anakin, Darth Maul, Boba Fett, blah 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 The series returns in February 2020 by Disney+. Disney+, Plus is great. Give Disney all your money. <laughs> Below you will find the list of entire series episodes so far, listed in official sequential order. That's in bold. With links to our episode guides and links to stream each episode on Disney Plus. Buy Disney Plus. Give Disney all your money. Um, so it it seems to be an official chronology. Oh, sorry, this is the Clone Wars theatrical release. So yeah, there's a season two episode is the very first one, then Hidden Enemy from season one, and then a couple those. Oh yeah, then the two season three episodes that deal with the clones, which we were talking about being sandwiched uh, before Ambush. Right. And then most of season one goes chron- chronologically after that until they get up to 20, 21, sorry. Then we stop. Then we go to Holocron Heist, which is what <laughs> we're talking about right now. Uh, then we bounce around to a bit later in season two, then to uh, Senate Spy, which is what we're going to talk about in a, in a little bit here. But yeah, then it goes chronologically then. Then we bounce around a little more. It's. It's complicated. Uh, maybe we can put the link to this in the show notes if anyone wants to follow along in chronological order. Yeah, that'd be a great well, idea. Why is
2: my question. Yeah,
1: it's so weird. I mean, I, I get with some episodes, like with the um, with the, the one about Zero, which is going to be coming up later, it's just like, this is a fun character. We want to go back to it. Or even some of the clone ones, right? Like we've developed more of an attachment with the clones Let's check back in and see what they're up to.
2: Right. Um, Sure, but why introduce Cad Bane at the end of season one, mm -hmm. and then immediately come back to his character in season two, Mm
1: -hmm. but with an episode that's like five
2: months prior, without the five months prior. Yeah,
1: or without having any sort of, like, previously on Clone Wars. And then I... Yeah, five months earlier, title tag or something like that. Well, it's very I,
0: confusing. I mean, I also wonder, like, it, it seems like this is a crazy idea because it wasn't that long ago. But, you know, when these when these shows were coming out, A, it's mostly aimed at, at younger kids. Mm-hmm. And the internet, like, level of document everything is nowhere near what it is now. And I'm wondering if, like, like yeah, a lot of it was, well, this was a fun character. We don't know what to write next. Let's go back in time. But there's a general like who cares attitude. No one's ever going to really notice much, um, and I'm hey, I'm. God, this is
2: Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> everyone
1: even everything. yeah,
2: <sighs> everyone notices everything.
1: Or even just the idea of like syndication, right? So I remember most of the cartoons when I was watching as a kid, I watched in syndication, and rarely did they air those in any sort of sequential order, like yeah. Star Wars or Star Wars, Star Trek. Um, most of, I mostly watched Voyager just when it was on TV. Which was every weekday at like four PM or something like that, and it was never in
0: sequential order. Or yeah.
1: So I think this like linear storytelling is definitely a more modern thing. Yeah. Um, especially with our age of like streaming shows, um, the the sticking to a linear timeline. But yeah, it's 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 funny, especially just in season two. Um, so uh, yeah, after we get done with Children of the Force, we're gonna like skip a few episodes before we get to Science Spy. Um, so Children of the Force is episode three of season two. Then right. the next chronologically are episode seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen of season two. Then we go back to season or to episode four. It's <laughs> like, especially in the same season, really weird. Like, why are you doing that flippy flopping?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's I, part of me would love to like switch this into like following it chronologically, but I think for most of our fans who are probably just going to not want to have to keep jumping back and forth on their Netflix queue uh, or their Disney queue, like just sticking with this order probably makes the most sense. Um, oh, but but so wherever it's set in time, let's go back to this particular like <laughs> set of episodes. Um, so yeah, the Ahsoka thing is kind of an interesting. Start um, and and maybe we're just kind of pulling back a bit. What's your kind of overall take on uh, this trilogy of stories that we get this this little like trio? about the Holocron and Cad Bane? Uh,
1: so when we watched this the first time around, uh, it was right after we'd finished watching a uh, Let's Play of um, the new, I guess it's not that new now, it's probably still the newest, uh, Star Wars video game. Uh-huh. Whose name is Writer Eyes or something? No. Oh. Jedi it? Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, and a major plot point around that video game is has to do with the holocron and it having the list of all the four sensitive children on it. Uh, so when this episode came up, I was instantly like, oh hey, fun little plot point that I recognize. Um, and also, Cadbane is the best, and I will watch every Cadbane episode all the time.
0: Yes. I yeah. Just th-
2: watch the spinoff, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I,
0: I think in some ways, like, part of what got me about just how different season two is is how different this set of episodes like we basically have once again cad bane is breaking into the jedi temple to try and you know get something done or or into a major building on coruscant to try and get something done and first of all we can talk about how bounty hunter now apparently just means like general criminal for hire um but but like just the degree of menace and of threat and of like just general um just generally, like, the, the, everything feeling like it had so much more weight and so much more stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, one of the, the biggest moments where I felt that was, we talked a lot about how in season one, all of the droids are pretty much there for comic relief. Um, oh, their deaths have no no real importance. You know, maybe some of the commanders are a little more interesting, but they're all basically just, you know, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We I'm get sure. Toto, I think his name is Toto, the kind of the, Toto. yeah, the, the butler droid who follows around Cad Bane. And he's given a little more personality, and he's, he's funny, but he's not ridiculous in the same way. Yeah, and, you're and, laughing with him, not at him. Right. And you're sympathizing with him a little bit, because it seems like Cad Bane treats him like just a servant. Especially because at the end of the episode, you realize that Cad Bane has strapped a bomb to him, and he doesn't know it. And there's a moment where both the audience and him realizes that there's a bomb strapped to him that's about to go off. I teared up a little bit at that moment. Like yeah. they and they they played the death of a droid as a moment of like emotional weight, and I was just so blown away by that. Yeah, definitely. When when Toto first came on, I referred to him lovingly as Toto the paranoid android because he reminded me a lot of yeah from the, Hitchhikers. The android, the hitchhikers,
1: yeah. Um, but he was just like he had he was like R two with a voice almost like he was sassy, um, but. Funny too, and, and and again in a not in a slapstick pratfall kind of way. In a, he was just like a fun, cute little character, and yeah, definitely seemed um, aware of the criminal goings on of Cad Bane but um, less, I don't know, menacing.
0: He I, was just sort of along for the ride. I, I wrote down what was my favorite line of his, which is, um, "This job keeps getting weirder and weirder."
1: Yeah, right? Like he's just <laughs> he's in it cuz that's his job. Um but yeah, at the end when so uh, a couple of Jedi run up to him and they realize like, "Oh no, a bomb." And then Toto was like, "A bomb?" No. No, 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 no. And we pan away and <laughs> then there's an explosion and it's just like it gets you. It's like yeah. similar to like I'm going to go back to Avengers and like Peter Parker I mean, I felt <laughs> he's shaking his head. No. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's less emotional, I think, because A, he is a robot, B, we've had like 20 minutes with him instead of yeah. multiple
2: movies. No, but um, this is, so what year is this? I don't know. This 2009? is 2009? Yeah. So this actually predates what happens in the movies and perhaps they perfect it in the movies, the droid death, right? Like in Rogue One, you have... Uh, k2so Mm. right the security droid who has been reprogrammed the imperial security droid and then um lando's droid and solo yeah whose
1: name i i
2: blank on right now but both of those droid deaths are very impactful oh yeah
1: doesn't doesn't lando's droid whose name i'm also blanking on uh get it's like l4 maybe she's like the millennium falcon Right? Sure. Yeah, <clears throat> but,
0: but still, but her death still holds a lot of meaning and weight. Yeah, because yeah. he he can't
2: talk to her in the same way. Yeah, perform other acts. I don't know. Question mark.
1: No, she was uh, always like he loves me, yeah. but he's like they, they, they just were. A they had a strange
2: relation. It's complicated. <laughs> but that yep. so that's like th- this by over a decade, right? Or yeah, close to a decade predates that.
1: Mm-hmm. I think you also
2: have, like, a cuteness factor with Toto, like, and K2SO, and I'm going to look up the droid's name because I'm just going to do it. But yeah, K2SO had some great lines, like, um, when she shoots the other droid that looks just like him, he's like, did you know that was me?
1: Did you know that wasn't me? (laughs) Yes. That's hilarious.
0: You are being rescued, please do not resist. Yeah, I I think it's a good observation. Like, this is, uh, I don't know if it's the first, but certainly it's one of, um, I mean, even going back to um, like Return of the Jedi, where we saw a droid being tortured and that had emotional weight. So it's not a completely new concept, but certainly in the uh, Clone Wars, it is. Um, And I felt it's kind of continued in that we see an awful lot of fighting with droids in the next, over this three episode arc. And the droids appear much more menacing, especially in episode two, I felt like this. Like there's a couple scenes where... The droids are like killing people, and they're they're doing well in battle. They're actually like hitting targets, and they're not saying "Roger, Roger." Like they're not they they felt more menacing in a way that I really appreciated.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not just there for the pratfalls anymore. Uh, yeah. They're I mean, still they're, they're so still, but it's not that's not their only.
2: In the second one, right, where Cat Bain somehow is given command of a fleet of
0: separatist ships, right.
1: Sure, yeah.
0: Don't question it. <laughs> From monetary bounty, gain. Yeah, that...
2: bounty but, hunter.
0: We're just inspired. gonna move on. We're, we're just gonna move on.
2: But but in that, when, when he's on the bridge, the droids are still incompetent. Yeah,
1: but that's not, like, yeah, the they, only thing they're there for, and, and he, it's a lot less noticeable. He, like, get, I, he
2: gets out of the cab gets out of there, he's like, you guys fight the Jedi. And they're like, Jedi? Oh, no. Roger, roger.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of that, but in that same episode the droids literally t- torture a jedi to death yeah um yeah. in a very like wrenching scene and and what i thought was really interesting was that again there like the droids they don't sort of like laugh and giggle about him being dead but they approach it in this very robotic way he is no longer functioning is the yeah. specific term that's used and, and and so yeah you're right it's not 100% there's still a little bit of it but they're they're now really adding this layer of menace and this layer of like what does it mean to be fighting soldiers who are just so entirely dispassionate about the idea of death? Mm-hmm. Um you know, it it's it's not hundred percent, you're right, but it still seemed really powerful to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's not like their only function anymore. Um but yeah, like back to back to Toto, who I love and is adorable. Um yeah, he's I mean he he is, he's cute, right? Like he's small, he's got a big head. Um
2: reminds me of the droid from Wally.
0: Yes. That's very yeah. that's a very good connection.
1: You, you mean Wally, the from Wally? No,
0: like, no, when he no, comes no. on the ship,
2: the one that like cleans Mo. behind him.
1: Yeah, Mo. Okay. Don't. I have given Disney all of my. Do you name. know all, the, <laughs> all of their names? All of the no, but Mo says Mo's name. He's like Mo. Okay. It's cute. Anyway, I digress. Um, he's not like like L three, who is the the Lando, droid, um. And K2SO, who are just, like, humanoid in the full, like, 3PO kind of sense. Right. Um, But he's got this, like, cutification. He's almost like a little pet. And then, yeah. Then he explodes, which is very sad.
2: Would you rather have a Toto or a BB-8?
1: Ooh. Maybe a Toto, because then I could understand it sass, whereas BB would just, like, beep at me.
0: I mean, I think the the premise is that if you, you own a BB-8, you have learned the language of its beeping. But yeah, I I, I really think I prefer a Toto for the, the communication style. Yeah.
1: And he just has like a cute little accent. Well, I don't know. He feels very proper and like, oh dear.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, uh, kind of going through more of that episode and what we see, um, you know, so we start getting into the second episode and now as, as Ricky said we've got this big sort of space battle um, while there's also a fight happening on the uh, on the ships themselves um, again I, I just I don't mean to keep hammering the theme, but like you know more clones die in the space battle like than we've seen before we, we're seeing them act like their ships getting blown up and things like that um, but to me the real heart and soul of, the, of this part of the story that I kind of really wanted to talk about especially is um, What's your take on, on how Anakin tried—the the, the whole sequence of events around Ahsoka chasing Cad Bane, Cad Bane trapping her, um, and then Anakin trying to rescue her and, and, and kind of giving up the holocron?
1: That's like the whole episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
2: Don't put kids in charge of things.
1: Yeah, well, she wasn't—yeah, it's, it's I guess this is the thing, too, right? Like, her punishment is that she's, she's being sent to the library for right. her disobedience um and she's like oh the library how long and mace was like longer now which is an amazing perfect deadline and i love it
0: that was such um, a good mace window line yeah
1: it was great but this idea of punishment is like we're gonna punish you by putting you in charge of like this really 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 important place um and you're gonna help out the librarian at this place that only the most experienced Jedi are allowed to enter, right? It's not like yeah, her yeah. punishment should probably be like you have to clean the toilets, right? Like why? Why is she being punished by doing something? And the
2: librarian is a Jedi.
1: Librarian right? is a Jedi. She's she's super probably awesome. got
2: stories to tell.
1: Yeah, I, it's just like it's so. It seems. I mean, I, I know why her punishment is being sent there because then the story would just fall apart otherwise. Right. But <laughs> it's yeah. It's a I, strange punishment.
0: I think it did make sense because part of the point is that she, right now she lives and breathes the war. And she wants to constantly be on the front lines and she wants to constantly be fighting. And I think part of what they're trying to teach her is it's not that they want to give her a menial job. It's that they want to show her that there can be very important, very meaningful jobs for a Jedi that aren't part of this war. Kind of like giving her a bit of that wide angle. So I I don't know. It it made a lot of sense to me. You're right. It does serve the plot. But I also thought it, it... Especially for the Jedi who aren't ever going to really punish someone. You know, they always want it to be, like, a learning experience instead of just, mm-hmm. like, suffering. Um,
1: yeah, that's fair, I guess. I just, I think the the gravity of her just, like, directly disobeying an order, which could have gotten a whole bunch of clones killed, maybe deserve more of a punishment, but... Yeah. I'm not a Jedi. <laughs>
0: Well, and as we By found a way, couple times, like getting a whole bunch of clones killed is unfortunately nowhere near as you know morally relevant as we want it to be.
2: Yeah, that's true. The, the shapeshifter who ends up taking on the identity of Master Jacosta, the librarian, right, picks up her lightsaber and fights Ahsoka with it. Yeah. relatively competently. Yeah, I might add. So it, it was a little weird to me that.
0: And yeah, and, and he kills the, the librarian her. pretty quickly.
2: Uh, well, doesn't it kill her. It
0: knocks oh, I thought she her out. knocks her out. Certainly, yeah, yeah, Because
1: yeah. yeah, then they like mine her for information as well. Yeah,
0: that that, that whole thing was kind of weird. Um,
1: yeah, I, like I I just assumed that the the bounty hunter had some sort of previous lightsaber training. Like she didn't just pick up. Right. This very sophisticated weapon and pointed directly at
2: her eye. And then. Um, well, like... So I'm going to nerd, nerd out here. Nerd out, nerd away. The, the point of lightsabers is that you have to be somewhat force sensitive in order to use them properly in battle. Because unlike a normal metal sword, it has no weight. Right. So you kind of have to use the force to like feel where the blade is. Otherwise, it, it would be like. Very easy to just accidentally cut yourself or other things because you're just swinging a flashlight, <laughs>
1: oh, right? S- sure, yeah, but I mean, I still think someone could be trained to swing the f- flashlight efficiently. You know, I mean,
0: sensitive. so does that mean that General Grievous is force sensitive?
2: No, I think General Grievous is just a robot. Right. Well,
1: turned himself into
2: a robot. So yeah, given himself these. He can calculate.
0: Whatever. Right. Because it, 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 um, I've always thought that one of the greatest jobs of retconning that I've seen Star Wars do is that we have a couple of occasions where non-Force users like General Grievous, but also others, pick up lightsabers and don't do terribly with them. And it doesn't make much sense. And then starting with the the newest trilogy, all of a sudden you start seeing a lot of soldiers running around with these like electro swords kind of thing. Which seemed to me like a, 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 an odd way of being like, no, no, no. There's always been like sword fighting in the Star Wars universe. It's not just the Jedi. Um,
2: you mean the Stormtroopers? Yeah. Well, again, like that's that has like a metallic or whatever plastic steel shell.
0: I, I mean, I think if you do a deep dive in the canon, you understand that. But I think to the, the, the I think the idea was supposed to be that for the more casual fan, this would answer that question.
2: Well, I mean, there there is the dark saber,
0: right, which we get
2: to later on in the show but and shows up in uh, the Mandalorian, right. Which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you forget <laughs> what? No, the the, the dark saber. yes, dark saber, yes. I I
1: no, well, the dude from Breaking Bad was all about it, right? I, sure.
0: Yeah. We'll, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Cool. <laughs> Oh. Um,
1: yeah, but I mean, like, I still, I don't think it's impossible to, like, I feel like if you gave me a flashlight and I'm like, shine this light around like it's a sword and aim it at your enemy, I think I could do a decent job.
0: <laughs> All right, we, we seem to be on Tangent Day tonight. We've been a while since we recorded, but pu- oh. pu- pulling back to the episode itself. So what what el- what else do you like or, or, or kind of get out of the, this part of the arc, the, the battle on the ship?
2: Oh, so the, the actual, like, shootout battle in the hangar bay uh-huh. was very cool because they they turn off the, excuse me, the artificial gravity.
0: Yes, I thought that was such a nice trick.
2: Um, so it's, I mean, they could do it in a live action show. It would be more expensive and complicated. So I think that using the animated feature in this way to do something that might not normally be feasible.
0: Right. Well, it was very good. And I think it also shows that, I mean, more so, it seems, than most Separatist generals, and certainly than any of the droids. Like, Cad Bane is not just, like, you know, a ruthless guy who can come up with fun lines. He's very cunning. Like, yeah. he clearly had a plan for all this in a way that was yeah. really well thought out and, and somewhat effective.
2: Maybe they should hire him to be uh, an
0: admiral. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they gave him a fleet, so... Uh, so, kind of... so we get to what was, I think, kind of like the heart and soul of this episode... You know, first of all, Ahsoka, um, ah- Ahsoka tries to chase chase Cad Bane down on her own, yeah. and Anakin says, "No, wait, we'll take him together," which I, I think is very much supposed to be a clear reference to Obi Wan saying that to Anakin at the end of the uh, Attack of the Clones. Oh, definitely. Um, because she and again, it's they're being a little heavy handed with it, but it's her making the exact same mistakes he made. Um, and then we get to um, you know, she, uh, Cad Bane overwhelms her, um doesn't really make sense how that happens, but but moving aside, um, and he now has her kind of in this prison prison spot, um, and he says to Anakin, like, you have to give me the holocron or else she's going to die. Am I being totally heartless for thinking Anakin's response there is supposed to be to let her die because you can't give this up?
1: I mean, that's what his response should be. That's what the response of a Jedi should be. But as we've discussed previously, like, ostensibly in season one... Anakin has too many attachments right? Um, and too many control issues right? Like I feel like especially in Anakin's mind the holocron is a bunch of faceless nameless people who he's never met and doesn't really care about um, and Ahsoka is a person he does care about and knows very well and so he's not going to take the, the rational like all of these children are worth more than This one child approach. He's gonna he's gonna sacrifice the people he doesn't know for the person he does
0: know. Yeah. It just we've seen that happen before with the clones and stuff like that, but here especially when you're putting in danger literally like, you know, all of these babies, basically for no intents and purposes. Um Mm -hmm. It it just it just really struck me. And on the one hand, it seemed like it was a very good character moment for Anakin because Yes, it's clearly the wrong. I think it's clearly the wrong decision to make it, but he makes it anyway. But then I, I, I really wanted to see him get reprimanded by that, by for someone by that, and it never happens.
2: But how do you do that? Is it, I mean, supposed hero? How how would you just be like, okay, push the button, or I don't know, like shoot the hostage, right?
0: Right. I mean, in here, we're in very much a kind of comic book superhero trope, you know, is that the the villain always tries to offer the, you know, as the the Green Goblin says in the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, you know, uh, I'm going to offer some some terrible choice and that the hero, it seems, is always able to find a way out of it to not let either bad thing happen. Um, and, well, and here's what especially gets helps. me. Like, I, I think it's the idea is that Anakin thinks in his hubris he can stop that, but he doesn't in part because he's so stupid. Like the the whole idea should be: I give you the holocron, you let Ahsoka go. He gives the holocron and then attacks Cad before he lets Ahsoka go.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> did I miss something, or is that just Anakin dumb as a box of rocks? Uh, not, not
1: maybe not even like dumb, just like over emotional, right? He's well, isn't just, it, He Anakin angry. Yeah, it's the same.
2: Angry. It's the same thing he did in the the Blue Shadow Baritis yeah episode oh, yeah. Yeah. where he like kills all the droids and then saves padme and jar jar from the electric torture. Right. And she's like you couldn't have done that first.
0: <laughs> That's true.
2: So he has a history of focusing on the enemy. Yeah. First.
0: I I think part of why it it really hit home for me especially is because there was basically like there were two jedi who were faced with a terrible choice of, you know, preserve life or give up the holocron. And the first Jedi who I am sure we get his name but I don't remember what it is um you know literally dies to protect the secret. Um and, yeah we do get his
1: name. Oh. Sorry, keep going. Yeah.
0: Um and but then when Anakin is presented with granted not himself die. Like I want to believe that Anakin would let himself die before he would um uh give up the information and so maybe that's different than um uh giving up someone else especially like another child um well yeah but it, I mean,
2: it that, that's what villains do is right. They put that choice to the heroes yeah because the heroes will always seemingly be willing to sacrifice themselves and give themselves up but they don't want to sacrifice other
0: people right no it's definitely true yeah so it was it, it was this another episode i really like This to me, though, is I'm not complaining about the episode and like, oh, that was a dumb episode. For me, it was a what a fantastic episode of of getting me to really get inside like a decision a character made and disagree with it. But also, I think as you said it's 100 percent what Anakin would do at this point in his journey. Mm
2: -hmm. This episode was borderline for me. Mm. And, And a lot of it is because I don't understand why Cad Bane is put in charge of a fleet. Like maybe you loan him a ship but certainly not, like, a, a cruiser. Oh, that... But he's given a fleet of, what, like, three or four?
0: That made cruisers? total sense to me, though, because this they, they keep saying that this fleet wasn't, like, part of the Separatist military itself. This was the personal fleet of the uh, member of the Trade Federation who he was doing this deal with. Um, and that Trade Federation guy keeps saying, like, that, that the whole point of this is how much they're going to profit from this. Um, so... You know why he has a a private fleet? We can sort of raise some question marks about, but I, I think it it kind of made sense to me.
2: Well, I guess it just brings more more questions about the specifics of you know all of these political alliances and stuff, and, and who actually owns what, and right. controls what, as we will get to with the whole banking federation, banking clan.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true.
1: It was it was Bola Rapal. It was a. Our... Rodian Rodan
0: Mhm. Um,
1: and it was in charge of the Kyber memory crystal?
0: That's right. I I will also say um I, I agree with you uh Ricky there was a lot that was great about that big fight in the uh in the hangar. But at some point for some reason there's an oil spill. <laughs> and I have no idea why energy-driven light light speed capable ships have oil. Hanging around, it's also, as far as I can tell, the slowest moving oil slick in the history of like oil explosions in movies. Um, So yeah, that that little bit I thought was kind of eye roll worthy.
1: Well, you gotta you gotta lubricate the energy, the light that goes past each other. Otherwise,
2: at least at least it wasn't a literal match. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah. Oh yeah,
2: (laughs) the slow match falling into the into the oil.
0: You mean the fact that it did get into the fact that every single time the match would just be extinguished by the liquid of the oil before anything else happened? Or, or just by the falling through the, through the air? Yeah.
1: Yeah, how are these matches managing to stay lit? Anyway. Also, like, wouldn't it just be a highly oxygen-rich environment on, in, like, the hangar bay anyway? Anyway, we're, we're getting on another 10.
0: <laughs> well, so let's talk about the uh, the last part of this. Um, yeah. The Children of the Force, in which we have uh, Cad Bane trying to track down um, where these different uh, Force children can go because Darth Sidious has ordered him to kind of kidnap them. Um, And the Jedi kind of use their Force powers together to figure out where it is and to stop his plans. Um, Why does Sidious want these kids? Do you think Sidious wants to start training little Sith or is there there something else going on that I missed?
1: Murder.
2: Doesn't he tell the droid something, something along those lines? that they would make excellent assassins or something like that. Mm. Yeah, he
1: wants to train them as Sith spies, but, like, he's also the dude who tells Anakin, hey, you should murder all those kids. It's too late. Kill them all. So I feel like... Probably, probably both. Yeah. It, it... Yeah, I think... His, his stated goal is to, to train them as Sith spies. Right. But, I mean, it, 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 he probably just wants to
0: as was discussed by uh, Riki and myself on a, an episode of Superhero Ethics about uh villains that should be coming out around the same time this one does maybe a little later uh actually but probably a week later um Palpatine is pretty much the king of the mustache twirlers in terms of villains who have like rational logic behind their plans so um um but just like a
2: mustache twirler his secret hideout where he's holding these babies or these these toddlers is Mustafar yeah which we find, find out later in Revenge of the Sith is like is his <laughs> secret hideout. <Yeah. laughs> but, but this one, like, falls into lava, so he has multiple bases on this planet. I mean, stop having all of your hideouts on used to you, gotta, <laughs> you gotta put
1: your evil lair at the center of the volcano otherwise it's
0: oh, cool! cool right? <laughs> okay well well, Ricky especially we talked about this season being a lot good and so far we've not it, it seems you've been pretty down I think what, what did you like about this arc Uh,
2: this, this episode was actually probably even worse <laughs> I don't know so I like <laughs> Cad Bane yeah. a lot uh huh and I will I will have to keep working on my Cad Cad Bane voice. He
1: he did a really good impression last night. It was great. But...
0: Okay. But we'll, we'll we'll have more episodes to discuss him to be sure. Yes. But we get
2: we get good Obi Wan sass in this one. Obi Wan sasses Mace Windu. Yes. Yeah. When they so when good. they like fall into Cad Bane's trap on his asteroid hideout. I I, and he I gives I, him like a oh you You fell into his trap. (laughs) I
0: I will also say, not only do we get uh, uh, him being sassy, but all throughout these four episodes, the admiral is getting super sassy at Anakin, which I'm really here for.
1: Yeah, Yolaren is like he's pissed with Anakin shit. He's pissed. Yeah, as he should be. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, because what does he say to him? Like your usual success rate or something like that.
1: Yeah, I
2: see.
0: It's interesting. I'm, I'm. Reading a book right now about um, Grand Moff Tarkin, um, who uh, um, uh, say again,
3: Willough Yeah, is that your first
0: name? I believe so. Yeah, and um, in the um, we do he does appear later in the Clone Wars TV show because he is, at this point he is part of the Republic military, um, and one of the things that the book really goes into is the idea that um, and granted this is through Tarkin's eyes and you can question how much of a reliable narrator he is but on this I think he is. But basically he talks about how much the people in the, the traditional military, the Republic Navy, really resent the Jedi. Because the Jedi have these superpowers and are doing crazy things that most of the time get people in the Navy and clones killed. And the, they want to fight a more traditional, like, you know, have an actual order of command. And, you know, like, have it known who gives orders to who. And have some sense of, like, what the battle plan is. And the Jedi keep screwing that up. Um, so I like seeing Yalarin kind of representing that. Like, it, it, it's not just Anakin, but that I think you really there. There's this tension growing between the Jedi and the traditional military.
1: I just I just want to say that when you said Tarkin, I thought you meant Mom Martha, and I got
0: confused. Okay. Um, <laughs> <but>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> that would have been a better ending to Revenge of the Sith than execute Order sixty six. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, the military like willingly betrayed the Jedi because they were tired of their BS.
0: Right. Oh, that, yeah, and it, especially if the Emperor had kind of, like, maybe the Emperor kind of, like, pulled some strings to arrange a situation where, not that he completely planned it, but he basically made it possible for the Jedi to make a mistake that would get a whole bunch of clones killed. Um, yeah. Like, I could see so, something where, like, yeah, the Emperor was pulling the strings to create the situation, but it was still the military themselves kind of, like, going to the Chancellor and saying, like, This has to end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. That would have been such a better way to tell that story.
2: Oh, gosh. Now I'm, like, real sad. (laughs) (laughs) Because I still, like... It's still a very tense, emotional moment. And, like, a good, great line. You know, Execute Order 66. Yeah. And then, like, you see all those deaths, and it's, like, very emotional. But... But it could have been better.
1: Well, I think it would have been different, right? Because with how it is now, Execute Order 66, you... Especially watching the clone wars is you really start to see their like the close bond of the clones yeah. and yeah. Uh, the Jedi are forming and to have them basically have a, a, a switch flipped and then just murder them all like that has a whole bunch of gravitas but yeah also the idea of But we don't just, get like, that from the movies. We don't get that from the movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I agree it would have made a better movie. And this is why I think at the very beginning of this podcast we sort of discussed how all of us have been told like oh watch the clone wars it makes the uh, the prequels better. And but, that's it makes, I,
2: but it makes this worse.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. And like, I don't, I, I don't think anything will make the prequels better. But I, I mean, I am
2: enjoying. What them. if they? What if they reboot them? I,
0: I think 10, for me, years. it it makes the 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 moments of the prequels carry more weight. Um, mm. even if like you know they can't fix the dialogue, it can't make Hayden Christensen into a good actor. Um. <laughs> But it does, I, and and frankly, I think more than anything, it also makes Last Jedi so much better. Um, the Last Jedi didn't need it. Last Jedi is already an amazing movie, but I think yeah. it, so much what Clone Wars is building up to. But um, I do want to talk about these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, so so maybe maybe Riki isn't as high on these episodes as, as I as, as I was as I thought you said you were at the beginning. But for Sarah, what about you? What about for you? Was there more about this arc that you really enjoyed?
1: I mean, I did. I. But, again, I just, I, like, I love campaign. Um, and I liked that I had, like, a real thorough understanding of what was going on with the story from my, like, previous holocron knowledge, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I also liked that we quite quickly got into the the gritty part of it, right? Like, yeah. Um, Bola, uh, last name, Bola Ropal being tortured to death. And then all these kids. That was, a,
2: that was a bit much.
1: That was a bit much. That was a lot. Um, and wholly unexpected too, right? That was another, yeah. this is a kid's show moment. Um,
0: yeah, I don't think it is anymore. You're <laughs> not the same way.
1: Yeah, yeah. We definitely seem to be like, ramping up, I guess. Like, maybe they've, they're have they expecting their like, viewers' audience to grow along with uh, the seasons. Anyway, yeah, it was, it was a lot. But I also like, I don't know, these kids are adorable mm-hmm. um and just you getting to see more of the inner workings of the Jedi Council uh, especially relating to the, the military aspect oh yeah um I think it's is nice because in season one it was a lot of like we did see military campaigns but it was mostly just Obi-Wan Anakin and Ahsoka off doing their thing and maybe sometimes Yoda popped in and reprimanded them
0: right yeah there's that great line where um the Jedi Council is talking about how to react to this. And Anakin actually says, like, should we be talking to the Chancellor? And the Jedi are kind of like, nah, no, we're the military leaders. We got this. Um, yeah. Which I thought was a really interesting foreshadowing of what happens with, with that story over the rest of the sh- this show and then uh, in in the third movie. Definitely,
1: definitely, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you just like Anakin's relationship with Palpatine, it's, it's just making... Everything more believable as to why he would turn yeah. to the dark side, even though it's still pretty
0: ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, there's some things he can't really fix, but um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it. I, there's still a little bit of it, and 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 Riki, you're right about like you know there still are some of the silly droid moments, but overall, this feels to me like the moment where like George Lucas has finished season one and is kind of now saying, "Okay, guys, you know what I want." I'm going to go away and start working on the next movie. I trust you guys to do things. And, yeah. and it felt like, you know, they wait till they hear the door close, and all the writers are like, wait, is he really gone? Okay, let's write some actual good TV now. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and, like, the, the writer,
1: like, the first episode, Holocron Heights, was written by Paul Dini, who's, like, a pretty well-known comic book writer as well. So you've got some heavy hitter writers
0: on. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, anything else in this arc we want to talk about before we move to the, the next one?
2: Um, I think it was something, but I can't remember now. So move on. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, so, uh, episode four is Senate Spy. Um, the Jedi suspect that Senator Rush Clovis is working for the separatists, so they recruit Padme to spy on him. Adme is upset to discover that Padme and Clovis have a romantic history. um, And then... These are actually pretty paltry uh, episode guides I downloaded, but more of what happens is that um, there's a lot of the kind of like traditional hijinks you can imagine, but when you know uh, a couple has to deal with uh, one of their exes from the past. Um, But um, the Clovis has brought Padme back to um, he's clearly in league with the trade federation, he's trying to build a a droid army on behalf of the bank bankers federation to help the separatists. Um, Padme finds that out. And when Clovis kind of has kind of mixed feelings about this, um, the federation in one of the more shockingly stupid moments for the trade federation, which is a very low bar (laughs) decides that the best way to motivate him is to poison her. Um, but, (laughs) but anyway, putting that aside, the, the real crux of it comes when Anakin is there to try to rescue everybody and and Clovis clearly has a kind of chance to either like keep his you know allegiance with the banking federation and the trade federation and the separatists and instead he helps Padme knowing that it's going to kind of put him in a pretty terrible situation um and knowing that she already knows that he tried to poison her and so there's no like chance of winning her heart back um yeah and so that's that that's where the the episode ends um, what, what was your, what was your take on this story?
1: Yeah, well, I think at, at the beginning you mentioned that we actually had Anakin had chemistry. Mm-hmm. And like...
2: Just I, for I, a moment. I, yeah, I was
1: going to say, I, I disagree slightly, but this is the best chemistry that they have had. Um, I guess, and there's even like, there's weird, it's just, it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. There's, there's one point where he's like, ah, yes, I brought home this dinner. And she's like, oh you called it home. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like, again, having to remind the audience like every second, like, hello, we are married. We yeah. are secret married. I,
0: I, I, The chemistry moment was pretty small. I think it was even more though for me was that when they then started to bicker, mm-hmm. they felt to me very believable as that they were bickering as a married couple. You know, his his jealousy felt much more like Married couple jealousy than stupid puppy love, you know, high school crush jealousy. Um, yeah, and and the way um, that kind of responded to each other, it, it just worked for me more.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. I maybe wouldn't say like married couple jealousy, but like definitely a like because it, it's it's like oh you you dated him what why are you gonna go see your ex? Um, and then there's also like is Anakin just really good at reverse psychology, or is he genuinely forbidding Padme from going on this mission? You know, like, <laughs> Because uh, so, what Yoda try? Yoda asks Padme if like he she'd be willing to spy on Clovis, and she's just like, "No, nah, I'm good, thanks." Um, and then Yoda asks Anakin, like, "Hey, would you ask the senator?" Um, and Anakin's like, "What? Well, I know, I don't know. I don't know where. Yeah, I guess like, I can ask. Yeah, so it's fine." And then Obi Wan makes a face, and it's great. Um, and Obi Wan knows.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone knows.
1: knows. Um, but. Yeah, then he then uh, Anakin mentions to Padme they think he's a, a spy, and that's why they want her to spy on him. Uh, and she's like, "Well, if Yoda would have told me that, I definitely would have d- done it. I'm definitely yeah, going to do it." Why?
0: Why
2: didn't Yoda mention this? <laughs> right. What What other reason would Yoda have? to spy on senator clovis yeah it's like hey we just want you to spy on his <laughs> banking records because he's in the banking plan and <laughs> we, we want money
1: we want to know what where he goes to get his haircuts. money it's we really want cool.
2: look
0: look um, even though yoda speaks weird he has a very good sense of dramatic tension okay he knows how to build a story
2: <laughs> like it was genuinely surprising that padme didn't know the reason
1: yeah yeah and then, like, she was like, oh, well, yeah, I'll definitely do it. And Anakin's like, you definitely will not. This is dangerous. And also, you're to smooch smooch <laughs> human. No way. Um. <laughs> uh,
2: this is all, like, th- oh, I wish I had thought of this earlier. Because this is just, like, the Reddit, um, the subreddit relationship. <laughs> relationship. This is, like, my, like, male 20, secret wife, female, yeah. <laughs> like, 23, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wants to go see her ex-boyfriend
0: I, I mean when i said that it felt like married couple jealousy that i could believe what i meant was like this is a standard trope of bad television married couple mm. and it reaches yes. that level like i'm not i don't i know actual some married couples have gone through this i've done counseling for some of them and i always think it's ridiculous and toxic and awful but it but yeah um but in gender reverse psychology I don't think I can possibly give um, Anakin that much credit. Like, I just oh, yeah. don't... I don't think...
1: Like, 100%. I think, like, like Ricky, I was saying, I, it worked, but I don't think that's what he was intending to do at all. I think he was genuinely trying to forbid her yeah. from doing this because, like, you are my property and I am in control of you. Do you want, to, do you want me to prove how much I love you? Here's my lightsaber. Take it. Take it because I love you. But that happens after. That happens after. I, oh, my mind is lost. I,
0: I will say it... Um. I was hit really hard with, and I think I get this a couple of times over the the show, and I think it's intentional, but the way she stands up to him and the way she just is like, you are not forbidding me. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. She really reminds me of Leia. Um, and I, I, I think that that's somewhat intentional, showing that they both have this very same, like, it's not just a stubborn streak, but it's a, like, utter refusal to back down, especially when someone, like, Tries to say, like, you know, the well, little lady, I want to protect you kind of nonsense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I didn't think about that connection, but definitely, yeah. we can start, sort of see where Leia gets it from. Mm-hmm. No. No.
2: Well, I just <laughs> feel like she never well,
1: knew it's her. Like a, there's, I, mean, there's, I guess this is the whole nature be nurture yeah. argument. But. Yeah. Don't get me started about that.
0: Okay. <laughs> I. I I did also, though, think... um, I I still think this is more adult than season one, but after we've had a couple of episodes, and including some of the ones coming up in future episodes, where the violence is pretty stark and is a lot more adult than we've seen, the approach to the romantic history here is so chaste in how it's presented. Like, the the episode Guide says romance. That's never said in the show. He says, like, well, I just... I'm hoping we can be friend. It, it's implied, you're right, but it's so, like, they imply it in the most G-rated way possible, which I thought was really funny.
1: Yeah, and it but is, like... But Clo- Clovis is
2: very skeezy.
1: Yeah, he's gross. And, like, Anakin gets all upset because, like, Clovis kissed her on both cheeks. Um, which, yeah, I, I guess it's very chaste, but, I mean, there does seem to be a lot of implication, mm-hmm. right? But, like, their friendship, wink, wink, nod, nod...
2: Is is gonna be a bedroom friendship, right? Well, yeah. Like she she says that she chose to break it off, right? Hey, to, um, conti- con- to continue
1: being yeah. colleagues, and he was not happy about that, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. That means sex. Yeah. <laughs> I I did also think that was funny. That wrapped around that. Um, we also have him appear with the trade federation guy. With two, what I think could only really be oh, described that's... as anime sex bots. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, they they kind of seem like they're trying to be throwbacks to the Metropolis bot, right? Right. Oh, sort of. Well,
1: I mean, like C three P was based on the Metropolis yeah. bot, right?
0: Yeah, but so, like, he's like not as anatomically Kirby. defined as they are.
1: Also, neither is the Metropolis bot.
0: Yeah, I want to like
1: point that. Out.
0: No, the, the, um, the, these robots are definitely wearing Madonna 1980s bras of the, the, the Torpedo, whatever variety you call it. Yeah, yeah.
1: They definitely, like, they remind me more of, like, the sex bots from Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> the fembots. Fembots. There you sorry. Go. My bad. Yeah, that, that was, like, super weird.
0: Um, yeah, what, what I actually wrote in my notes is, we can't have Clovis, we can't admit that Clovis and Amidala dated, but we can have droids with anime dimensions. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: seems good yeah I, I, I don't know it is it's a strange plot point to have in in a ostensibly kid's tone, like the more i think of it right like this is secret marital jealousy over ex-boyfriends
0: yeah i don't know well and just the way especially the way the robots are drawn it kind of reminds me um Riki, i think it was you who mentioned that for a cartoon we had fairly um uh not necessarily explicit but fairly graphic um poster like nudie posters on the walls of the the canteen for the uh the clones was that you who brought that up last season
2: yeah i mean it's i don't know if it was explicit it was just
1: racy yeah yeah definitely like throwback posters to the like pin-up bombshell girls right which was like a yeah a very like ah these military men have these Sexy ladies on pinup posters in their rooms.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just weird because it it seems like such a 20th century Earth thing, <laughs> and if, especially for clones, then to have it like it, it brought up all these questions
1: of clones, right? Yeah. So. Clones have sexual desires. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's yeah, a thing. Yeah, but the, the 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 sex robots are definitely strange. Yeah. Like, we talked earlier about L L3, three, L three's relationship with Lando, but yeah, like what are, why, what are these droids for, and also, gross. Yeah, I
0: I, I will say that secretly assassination. Yeah. <laughs> I I I like that we're starting to get more of an insight into the inner workings of the Separatist Confederation, you know, and that there's different oh, people who have sort of different allegiances and different motivations. And we we get a lot more of confused. that over the course of this season, but I think I liked how that was started to be set up in this episode.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that we're seeing more into it, but like Riki po- pointed out, the more you, you seem to see about the, the separatist and, the, sorry, the Trade Federation's inner workings, the less it seems to make
2: sense. Because <laughs> it's okay, so Clovis, and who's the who's the nemoidian in this episode is it's lot dot still i think it is so they are still republic senators yeah, what secretly working then the secretly working with the separatist alliance right yeah
1: trying to like they're trying to muster out money to start a new droid factory yes yeah
2: okay on on geonosis where the dro- previous droid factory was and they blew it up in the, the second movie, and so then we find this out. Uh, like, are there future episodes where Dot is still a senator? I can't remember. But like, well, they kicked this know. guy out of the Senate already.
1: Well, uh, yeah, and we'll get to it later. But there's some interesting Senate plus banking.
0: Yeah, and and there's a little bit of a precedent for that. I mean, there were um the in the american civil war there were states like along the border that were for all intents and purposes working for the confederacy but because lincoln really did not want like he wanted to keep those states in and so they kept having senators like in washington dc and they and they got to be part of the government even though like it was pretty much known that they they were doing a lot to help okay yeah
2: that's that's a that's an interesting
0: I'm just reading now the episode guide to see if I can... uh, Lot-dod. Lot-dod, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, like, uh, I I like that you brought up his genius poisoning tactic as well. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, what? What? Why? And also, what? Like, so... They they find out that, like, Padme and Clovis are, like, becoming close friends. Uh, and that maybe Pod, Padme's there to, like, spy on them. And they're like, okay, we're gonna get, we're gonna get Clothes to go along with the spy poisoning the girl he likes.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. Good, good plan, Pope. Pope Dodd. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> and also, up till now, we've always seen that the Trade Federation has this, like, basically just, like, huge desire to, to kill Padme at all costs. Is the idea supposed to be that it's just that one Neomodian who, like, she, she defeated... Uh, at the Battle of Naboo, and yeah, not right. all Trade Federation types.
2: Yeah, I don't. Right, I don't that makes know. that weir- This weirder because they they referenced the the first movie mm. where he's kind of like, "Sorry, we invaded your planet. Yeah, hope we can still be friends." <laughs> <laughs>
1: what? How? Also, How? I,
2: How? Why? What? Don't be friends with these people. Yeah,
1: that's that's reasonable. Really um, I just want to clarify. Okay. Ricky's Pope Dog comment, nothing about Popes poisoning people, all about Dodd's hat. Okay. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a long history of the Borgias and Popes poisoning people, but that is <laughs> somewhat somewhat old, so
1: <laughs> His hat
2: his hat is like March Simpson height. March
1: Simpson hair height. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get more references. Now. It was it was pretty
0: impressive. It was pretty impressive.
1: It's a good hat. It's a good hat. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I would I just like went along with the we're gonna poison her ride. <laughs> but but didn't but, really examine think about the, it, but yeah, it makes no dang sense.
2: Examine the mechanics of what he does. He, like, has a glass of whatever. Poison. No, no, no. It's, like, actual oh, yeah, drink. Yeah. Because he's, like, let's toast to our renewed friendship or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sorry for invading your planet. <laughs> he drinks from the chalice. Mm-hmm. Then he, like, wipes the poison on the lip and gives her the same thing. So is this a ritual or she's just like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll drink from He's, that. He's like
1: wiping off his cooties. Yeah. Yeah. But secretly wiping on his cooties. Right, like
2: normally if you're gonna if you're gonna toast to your renewed friendship, you everyone would have their own
0: glass. Well and part of why so I this thought makes weirder. the whole thing was weird. Like and I, at first I kinda gave Padme some credit here. She stands up and she act, she she says that she's not feeling well. And and so I, I, I was trying to think, OK, maybe the poison's already kicking in. And but then, you know, Clovis is like, no, no, let me give you this tour. And, and suddenly she's feeling fine. And she says, no, no, no I, OK, that sounds great. And then she starts to feel bad again. And I was like, oh, OK, so the poison is working. But then it turns out she's faking so that she can get him out of the room to get her some water oh. so she can do the whole like spy thing. Yeah. But then she's actually actually feeling bad later. <laughs> um, and I was kind of like, I why, she was faking. like, Padme did this kind of awesome act of scepterfuge. Why, why, like, give us the same time she's faking feeling bad and she's actually feeling bad? Like, why not just have those two different plot points at different times?
2: Like, I thought she was just actually feeling bad. But yeah. But it was conveniently lining up.
1: I think, because she talks about, like, having a headache. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, yeah, she actually had a headache, but was also just like, uh, close, give me some water. And then like, finds out that his computer password is, like, I heart.
0: I, or something like that. I mean, it, it, it seems to me like, and again, I, I wasn't, like, doing a frame-by-frame frame analysis, but but certainly it seems like she doubles over as though she's upset and and in pain. He goes out of the room, and immediately she, like, straightens back up and smiles, like, everything's taken care of now, and then goes back to kind of what she was doing. So I, I thought she was, but maybe you're right, like, she'd already kind of set up, she's not feeling good, and she was like, well, I'll kind of dial that up a little bit. To, to get something out of him, and then it gets dialed up as well. I I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. So then, like, she she manages to get the information that she's after. Uh, Clovis comes back in with her glass of water, and um, and like Anakin, who's like hiding in the bushes, is is like getting angry at them because like she's like, oh, thank you for the glass of water, and they like hug, and then yeah, angry Anakin lurking in the bushes force pulls the disc towards himself? How does, like, he's just, she's like, oh, I got the disc, don't worry about it, and then he, like, force summons it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then, uh... yeah. I, that, um, that's actually the best
2: chemistry they've ever had. Yeah.
1: I,
0: I don't expect that you all have much knowledge of, um, toxic masculine, uh, country music, but do you by any chance well, know the song Redneck Crazy?
1: Can't say that I do. No.
0: It's, I, so I'll admit I, I have a fondness for um, country music sometimes, not often, but sometimes. And this is a song that I really wish someone would cover in a language that I don't speak because the tune of it is really gorgeous. The singing is wonderful. It's a very masterful musical song with horrifically awful lyrics because it's all about like, you know, I think you're cheating on me. So I'm going to um, I'm going to throw my headlights into your bedroom window Throw empty beer cans at both of your shadows. I didn't come here to start a fight, but I'm up for anything tonight. You've gone and broke the wrong heart, baby. You've driven me redneck crazy. Um,
1: And it's all about him
0: being this, like, like at one point he's like, that man you're sleeping with can't be much of a man. By, like He can't amount to much by the size of his little truck. Like, it's just the most, like...
2: I was just about to ask, like, do they... Do they reference Chevy's? No. I I understand that that is, like, a trope.
0: They they don't reference—Chevy did not pay for the song. But, like, that's what I kept thinking was going through my head with Anakin that whole episode. (laughs) Like, he was, like—he's just, you know, dumb, jealous boy. And, And,
1: and like, he—Anakin knows the plan. This isn't, like, Anakin had no idea what was going on and, like, stumbles into Padme mid— subterfuge and sees them, like, hugging and is like, what? Like, he knows what the plan is. He knows that she's gonna, like, be quote-unquote friends with him again to get this information. But he's still, like, angrily, jealously standing in the bushes and watching them and getting all upset about the hugging and the cheek-kissing.
0: Well, but but here's the thing. Like, Anakin... Like, you're right. Anakin is horribly toxic and and, like, awful in this situation. He also has been raised... He's never really met any other women except maybe other Jedi. He's had no exposure to like healthy relationship dynamics, and his primary motivating fear, his motivating fact in life, is fear that the people he loves are going to be taken away from him. I I find Anakin's behavior in this utterly detestable, but also completely believable. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, that's fair.
0: And that I don't mean he's sympathetic, He's not to justify it in any way, but it's also like, yeah, that kind of is what Anakin would do in this situation,
1: yeah, yeah. So then Anakin has the disc, which is what the plan is, uh, and then Padme has been poisoned, uh, and is very, very sick because of it, uh, and then doesn't. And then Clovis like finds out that she's been spying on him because he's like, "Ah, I see you've been poisoned. Let me go find my secret disk of information."
0: Yeah, <laughs> but it's been taken, so it must have been, been by taken, you.
1: Where is it uh, clearly you have done it. Uh, in exchange for the antidote, you give me the disk back, please, and thank you. Right. <laughs> Which is just like
2: A series of bad decisions.
1: Yeah, super weird. So then, like, they're like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> And, and we, oh, yeah, no, no, no. They realize, like, you can't tell, you can't go... Dog can't find out that the disc is missing, because then he'll be mad at me.
0: Right. Don't
1: he, tell him that. He was mad. And, yeah, and he was mad. And, like, I don't... I don't. It, this, the end of this episode is strange. Like, we end, we end up finding out that, yes, Clovis has been spying, and we figure out the uh, Banking Federation's plans, which is vital. But it seems just like... Yeah, like the, oh, no, I'm not feeling good. Oh, wait, no, I'm actually not feeling good. Yeah. Poisoning thing. And then, like, okay, you give me the disc back that I just found out is mm-hmm. missing because I thought I'd go check while you're being poisoned.
2: You know what I would would not have done is leave Clovis behind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, it,
2: it leads to this kind of chuckle-worthy moment where they take off and Clovis is like, no, Wait. And then he turns around, and Lot-Dot is there. He's like, Clovis, we have to talk. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you're in big trouble now. But clearly, like, he had somewhat enough of a change of heart. Yeah. That I think you, they should have taken him with them and see if he would turn uh, State's evidence.
1: I um, Isn't his change of heart motivated by, like, so he, he loves Padme? Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think it's two things. I think it's that he, he 100% loves Padme and he wants to save her. But also I think, therefore, like his opinion of the Trade Federation really changes when they're like, oh, yeah, let's have a good business deal. And by the way, we're going to poison the love of your life to try and like make yeah. sure you negotiate well with us. Like that's generally not like how to make friends and influence people.
2: Right? <laughs> and, and also by saving her, and he has contributed to the theft of this information already. Yeah. Right, so he's in trouble with La Yeah. He needs to get out of there. For his own good. Yeah. Like I don't think he's talking his way out of that.
1: True, yeah. It's just like I, I don't I don't feel like his coming around was based on like ah, oh, I see what the Banking Federation is doing is morally wrong, but more like, I oh, like this girl, she's pretty
2: No, no, sure. Like his motivations like I agree with you. I I mean that's, that's... from a
0: you know, Dumbledore worked picture. for Snape. Dumbledore worked with Snape when Snape came around for the exact same reason.
1: Yeah, Snape didn't come around. Yeah. Snape is still very shitty. Um, yeah. But
2: but from the big picture, you take him with you and you cut some kind of deal. Yeah. Where you're like, we'll give you immunity from these crimes if you tell us what's going on. But don't
1: they have the disk? Like, don't they don't need it?
2: He, he he still knows more.
1: That's fair. All
0: right. He knows more, and there's also just a, like. I know, leaving the guy literally to die because you don't like him, like yeah, probably, does not probably. seem very like I get that to me <laughs> what would have made sense is if Anakin says that and Padme is like, What are you talking about? Of course we're taking him with you with us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But like Anakin leaving him to die because
0: he doesn't yeah. like him. <laughs> the the <laughs> sum the summary
2: of this episode says At the end says, however, Anakin purposely leaves Clovis on the planet who is forced to quote-unquote talk with Todd. (laughs) So, like, totally implying that he's dead. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: right? Like, I fully believe that Anakin doesn't want this guy.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Like, he he both hugged and kissed Padme on the cheeks. He has to
0: die. I mean, one of the things that I'm really starting to like about this show um, is that I, I feel like we're getting this picture of Anakin is a terrible, terrible Jedi. Like, that's clear. But he both, like, on the one hand, he has all of these huge problems because he's not a good Jedi. Like, all the terrible decisions he makes because of his attachments. But also, he's a much better general than any of the other Jedi because he's a bad Jedi. You know? And so I'm kind of seeing this interesting, like, I I feel like it's it's telling the story, again, better than the movies, of why does Anakin get away with so much? And it's because, like, he probably drives everyone crazy, but he's really good at the things they're supposed to be doing because he's not held back by all the Jedi rules.
1: Yeah. And it's, I mean, it kind of goes back to the very first episode, Holocaust Heist*, right? Where they're reprimanding Ahsoka and she's like, what, I'm just doing what Anakin does. And he's like, yeah, but when I do it, I'm right. Like, usually when he does it, he's right. When he's, like, blatantly disobeying orders because he can see the bigger picture, or, like, the more strategic option. Because, yeah, like what you're saying, he's not bound by Jedi bureaucracy, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and and he's seeing outs based on his emotional attachments and how he wants the outcome of the thing to be based on, I guess like, manipulating people to an extent, manipulating relationships. Yeah. Which I think also, yeah, you're right, makes him a terrible Jedi, but also... He's very clearly, like, a really, really strong
0: Force user, and it makes him a good fader. <laughs> I mean, certainly it seems like maybe one of the reasons why the Jedi make sure their people don't have romantic attachments is we have so, like, stunted your emotional growth that you're not going to be in any possible capacity yeah. to have an actual relationship with another human being like that. Hey,
2: now. We'll get to
0: Obi-Wan. <laughs> oh. Okay. okay. I, that
1: Obi-Wan and Satine.
0: Hey, hey, no spoilers, no spoilers for those who are still recently Sorry. on. Um so anything else on these episodes you want to talk about before we wrap up. Uh, I
1: think I think we're good. I think I'm good. I feel
2: good. Moving on.
0: Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, uh uh thank you guys both for being a part of this. Uh great discussion as always, and I'm looking forward to uh getting into a lot more of the season and, and going forward. Um and to our fans, as always, um let us know what you think. We'd love to love to hear your thoughts. Um you can find us on Superhero uh not superhero ethics, uh Star Wars <laughs> Universe Podcast. On Twitter and email and, and on Facebook, um, tell us what you think, tell us what you liked, tell us what you didn't like, tell us why uh, you think we're we're wrong or we're right. Uh, any kind of feedback is great. Also, uh, we're really trying to you know make sure more people are listening to these episodes and getting the word out. And so, if you are a loyal fan, we would really love it if you could take a moment to either you know put up a tweet about um, our episode, you know, link to our page, and, and just kind of tell your friends about it, or. Leave us a review on uh, Apple or, or one of the other um, podcast sites. You know, just something to kind of let people know that uh, why you listen, why you enjoy this. It'd be a great help to us and help to get more more voices, uh, grow our audience, and uh, get more of a, a rounded conversation going on, which we'd really love to have. So, um, as always, thank you guys all for listening. And uh, happy-